Welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 131. What is going on? Matt O'Leary hanging out with you for the next little bit. I'm going to get into why Jermaine Johnson impressed me. I'm going to get into Sheldon Day at defensive tackle. And we're going to get into your voicemails. But before all of that, a word from our sponsors. Fellas. Fantasy football draft season is right around the corner. C.D. Lamb is good, but have you seen these beautiful balls? It's time to let your snake look right for this snake draft with the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have created a championship lineup with their Performance Package 4.0. Join the 6 million men worldwide. Six million now who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with my code JETS20. That is jets two zero for 20% off and free shipping. Pick yourself up something nice. Now let's hop into the episode for today. Uh, why has Jermaine Johnson impressed me? Was it something that he said on the field or was it something that he did on the field? I gave it away with my fraudulent, uh, with my fr- Freudian slip. Um, He says, I practice like I'm an undrafted free agent anyway, so I don't really care. It's like I'm fighting for my life. That was his mindset when he asked about when he was asked about practice, because he, unlike most of the other rookies, Michael Clemens and obviously uh, Max Mitchell, uh, even though injuries probably put Max Mitchell into the other pocket of conversation, but Sauce Gardner. Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, those guys were all given opportunities to pretty much play and, you know, play impactfully right away, instantaneously. But Jermaine Johnson has this mentality that I'm not, I I don't think his confidence is going to get shot because he's not gift wrapped this opportunity because he's going to be part of this defensive line rotation. They're going to mix these guys around. It's not like Garrett Wilson, who's going to be, you know, uh, playing a ton for this offense. It's not going to be like Brees Hall, who's going to be playing a ton. It's not going to be like Sauce Gardner, who's playing a ton, which is fine. But with Jermaine, it's about his past. And his path to the NFL with Jermaine Johnson and that mentality of I practice like I'm an undrafted free agent. He plays with the chip on his shoulder because he's been all over the place in his career, all over the place. Obviously, we know about FSU. He finally got there, uh, and which was great. But he started out in his college career playing at Independent Community College. He was on last chance U. Jermaine Johnson was on the last chance U, where he played under head coach Jason Brown as a freshman. He was a really good player. So he goes there, and then obviously he makes his way over to Georgia. He played in every game for the Bulldogs as a sophomore. And then he makes his way over to F- FSU, where he was named the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, first team all ACC. And then was the 26th pick in the draft. He was a riser. Some thought he was going to be a top 10 pick. He didn't end up being a top 10 pick, even though I think he probably should have been a top 10 pick. He wasn't. Oh, well, the Jets got lucky that he was there at 26 and they pulled the trigger. What a move that they were able to pull that one off. But 
that mentality of I'm going to play like I am still trying to earn a spot means a lot. Because we've seen guys in the past who they get, you know, they get drafted early or they get paid and then the effort really goes away. You're not going to have to worry about that with a guy like Jermaine Johnson. High character guy, high work ethic. That is something that you absolutely love to see. So wanted to start with that. And then second part of the monologue is Sheldon Day. So who the hell is Sheldon Day? The Jets supposedly are interested in bringing him in. He is a six-year NFL veteran. He has only three starts in his six years, by the way. But he spent time with Robert Sala in both Jacksonville and San Francisco. Last year, he played in seven games with Cleveland, and he is an interior defensive lineman who would likely be playing more of a run-stopping role. The Jets need a run-stopping interior defensive lineman. They haven't had a guy like that since they let Folo Fadikasi go in free agency this past year. They never really replaced that, uh, and that is a weaker point on this team. Yes, they have depth on the interior, but they're more pass-rush-based interior guys. Um, But my concern with Sheldon Day is... If the Cleveland Browns, whose interior defensive line rooms is one of the worst in all of football, and he is getting cut from Cleveland, that isn't a great sign. If we're being completely honest for a second, it's not not a great sign. Positive spin. He knows Salah. He knows the system. Maybe he's more of a scheme fit in what the Jets are trying to do here than what he is in Cleveland. That could potentially be the difference maker. That, and that's what I would hope the difference maker would be if they brought him in. But a run-stuffing interior defensive lineman is still on the list of needs for this Jets team. Is it as high up on there as some other things? Probably not, no. Um, after the Dwayne Brown signing, uh, he's going to be paid to be a starter or going to play. Swings tackle, still a little bit of a need. Linebacker outside of C.J. Mosley, still a question mark. Uh, question marks at free safety. Like, obviously there's some things where you could say, ah, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about the jets in these spots. And you know, I get that that's fair, but the one that I'm not necessarily concerned with, or that's lower, I guess on the pecking order is interior defensive tackle. I think the jets can get away with what they have on their defensive line. I don't think they necessarily have to bring in someone, but Sheldon Day is an interesting name we have to keep an eye on. And look, as these rosters continue to get trimmed down, which is what's going to happen each week after the preseason, you got to cut it down more and more as you get closer to the NFL season. Uh, We're going to see some guys get cut and some guys move around. So maybe Sheldon Day is someone to keep an eye on, but he's not really moving the needle a bunch forward to me. It's not like the Quan Alexander signing. It's not like the Dwayne Brown signing. If they do add Sheldon Day, it's you shrug and go, okay. They had another body to this defensive line room, which is, you know, already pretty deep. But anyway, it's it's something you could always use a little bit of help on that defensive line, I guess. But without further ado, we have a lot of voicemails to get into today. So I don't want to spend too much time on why Jermaine Johnson's impressing me and Sheldon Day. Before we get into the voicemails, uh, a couple of things. I will be if you're listening to this or watching this before Jets Falcons on Monday night and you are going to the game. Hi, I'm Matt O'Leary, and I will also be at the Jet game. So let me know. My goal is to get there and do content in the parking lot beforehand. I want to talk to Jet fans and do some like interview and question-based stuff. Uh, so if you're interested in that, try to find me. 
Uh, I'm going to get there early and take it from there. Hopefully the weather holds out. So now without further ado, we can get into those voicemails. Okay, first up is Nick from D.C., and he wants to talk about a topic that's a little bit taboo. What if Zach Wilson isn't the guy? Okay. Hey, Matt. It's Nick from D.C. So I I just have one question, and I I think the whole season, it boils down to, is Zach the guy? We all all know that. We all agree on that. Correct. And really, the the question is, I, I don't think something we really talked about is, like, what's the floor? Like, what is, or I should say, maybe what's the cutoff point where you're like, yeah, no, he isn't the guy. Is it, you know, halfway dependent on how good the, the team is, how good the offensive line, the receivers, how they actually pan out? Is Brees Hall legit? You know, you know, how much is he being supported by the coaching staff? All that stuff. It's like, where is, you know, maybe subjectively, where's, where's the, the tipping point where you're like, yeah, no, we got to cut this off after two years. And then also maybe like statistically, because obviously, you know, if he has the same season he did last year, maybe even just like incrementally better. I mean, we might want to cut it off. Obviously don't want that. I believe in him. I think he'll be really, he's a really talented kid. I think he'll be a good quarterback, but we just got to talk about, you know, what's the tipping point. Thanks so much. Go Jets. Yeah, that's a great question, Nick. And it's obviously something that we don't want to necessarily have to answer. I don't even know if I can give you like, uh, a stat line where it would be like, okay, if he doesn't hit this specific number, then that's it. Um, to me, I think it would be more of a look and feel thing, right? It would be more of a, of an eye test. Um, is he, does he have command of the offense? Are there still the mental mistakes that we saw too often from last year? Is he holding on to the ball forever? Is the offense stagnant and not scoring when he's in there versus when earlier in the year when you know Joe Flacco is starting or let's say Mike White comes in and plays? It's going to be more of a look than uh, a specific number. Um, obviously, to give you some numbers, I mean, you got to see the passing yards go up from last year. You got to see the touchdown passes go up from last year. Uh, it just has to look like a a legitimate NFL offense. It has to look. I don't know. It has to look reasonable. It's not like a, I, I, I don't know. There's not, uh, I, like I said, there's not one specific stat line where it's like, oh my God, if he doesn't hit this, then it's a disaster. I think it's, we'll have a feel. You'll have a no. And you, hopefully by year end, you know. And then at that point, you, you're either saying, okay, we're moving on. We're trying to figure something else out or we're not. This is a guy. We're going to give him another chance in year three or we're definitely moving forward with him. So, um, it's an interesting question, Nick. Uh, I, I don't think you start looking for someone else until after the year, regardless. Like even if he's struggling early on this year, I think you let the year play out. I'm hoping he starts 16 games this year. Um, I think week one is a stretch, but if he's available and, and ready to go in week two, that would give him 16 games under his belt. And that gives you realistically, it, it's an old full season. Like, from pre from 2019 or 2020 rather and prior it's a full season so uh you'll know you'll just you should know but with 16 more starts under your belt uh thank you nick for your question we're gonna go to josh calling in uh this next one 
is from Josh, and he says, why are Jets fans so quick to cut the bait on Zach Wilson? Okay, so these kind of tie together. All right, let's do it. Hey, Matt, this is Josh from Idaho, and uh, I've called in a few times, but I need to just call in because i got to express my frustrations a little bit, man. Okay. Freaking, I'm just getting irritated and frustrated <laughs> with these so-called fans uh, saying they want to get rid of Zach Wilson, and he hasn't even played a full season yet. Like, he gets hurt, and everyone wants to get rid of him because he threw a pick in the preseason. Like, can we not look at the positives? I mean, at least he completed two short passes, went three for five. He had one bad throw and an interception. Like, this, it's driving me insane, all these people in the comments saying they want to get rid of Zach Wilson or he's a bust and Joe Flacco is the future and Mike he's White. Not. Like, it's insane. Uh, I just kind of want to get your thoughts on about it all because, like, I, I, I've watched your videos, and I know you're probably not one of those guys that think we should get rid of Zach, but, I mean, in my opinion, I think we should give Zach three years even if he doesn't play very good this year. Like, it, I was watching the Pat McAfee show, and Matt Ryan was on today, and uh, they asked him the question, like, uh, how long did it take for you to realize, like, okay, it's pretty easy, like, I can read defenses and stuff, and he said three years. He said the second year quarterbacks are, uh, the second year quarterbacks think they know what they're doing, but in reality, like they still have some things they got to learn. But he said by the third year, they're, they're starting to figure it out. So like, even if Zach doesn't do good his second year, we still, I still think we need to give him one, an, another chance on his third year, unless he absolutely is just awful. But I mean, if he is, has some good games, has some really, really bad games, that's okay, that's going to happen. But I say three full years is what we're going to have to give them. But I just want to know your thoughts. Uh, thanks, man. Bye. Yeah, I just pulled up while you were talking, I pulled up Matt Ryan's numbers and uh, different era, but 2008-2009 NFL is pretty different from today's league. Uh, as a rookie in 16 games, 61-1, 3,440 yards, 16 touchdowns, 11 picks, 215 yards per game. He had an 87-7 rating. That next year started 14 games, uh, 58-3 completion percentage, which is a little low, 208.3 yards per game, 22 touchdowns, 14 picks. But in his first two years, will this let me combine it? Yeah, it will. In his first two years, he went 20-10 and 10 as a starter. Uh, and his per-17 game average... Okay, so his first two years here, this is what we'll do. His first two years as a starter, his per 17-game average was 3,602 yards, 22 touchdowns, 14 picks with a 59-7 completion percentage, which is a touch low. But again, a little bit it, NFL over a decade ago is is different than today. Uh, while that no, those numbers aren't great, obviously, Wilson in his first year wasn't anywhere close to what Matt Ryan was in his first year. He just wasn't. And I think that Zach Wilson is the guy. I have a lot of faith in Zach Wilson. Um, but if he looks like he did last year and he throws, I don't know, he throws 12 touchdown passes on the year and 12 picks and is like, I don't know, 55 completion percentage, then I, I don't know if the Jets are going to run that back. I, I really don't. I hope it doesn't get to that point because that would just be, that'd be extremely frustrating if he's if he's not the guy. 
Richard from Nevada, here we go, wants to go to catching balls from Zach Wilson versus catching from Joe Flacco. So this is the Garrett Wilson quote that we're going to get into now. All right, Richard, let's do it. Hey there, Matt. Uh, Richard from Nevada once again. By the way, uh, I would love to take the W on the fact that I was right about Dane Brown from last uh, There you go. Last week's call. Take that, Doug. <laughs> um, so the comment that Elijah Moore, was it Elijah Moore? I forget who it was, but um, one of the... One of the reporters during one of the after uh, speeches, or whatever, they were asking what the difference between catching balls from Flacco versus Wilson. Um, just a quick question here. I, I, it's something that I've been thinking about. Is it potentially that Zach Wilson's arm is that strong that it might be harder to field passes or maybe just Flacco knows the, the pros touch and maybe that's something Zach Wilson uh, will start to learn as the years go along. I mean, it's a good problem to have. It's basically yep. an indication of his arm strength is, you know, it's making it more difficult for them to catch the ball. Um, I would say good problem at the end of the day. But, um, you know, and do, you, do you think that has something to do with it? I mean, these are pros in the NFL. They should be catching footballs. And I don't think that Zach's placement of some of these balls is bad. It's just kind of weird. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, just something that I've been kind of pondering back and forth and thinking about. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Matt. Go Jets. Yeah. Uh, you know what I really think it is? And you deserve to gloat on Dwayne Brown stuff. Take your victory lap. You you earned it. Um, I, I think for me, it, it's with Zach and versus Joe Flacco. It's the experience that Joe Flacco has. Because he has a strong arm, too. Like, let's not dismiss Joe Flacco's arm arm strength has not been a been an issue with Flacco has he been a little bit conservative at times as a player yeah he's that's probably his biggest flaw was at times he got a little bit too conservative but a big arm is something that he always had um and I think it's just Zach once he figures out when is it okay to zip it in and when do I have to get a little bit more touch on the ball like that just comes with more reps so I'm not putting a ton of stock into that one I think people way overreacted to that one. Um, And it's really honestly something that's like really not too surprising for me when you consider where both those guys are at their careers. So it's an interesting, it was an interesting quote. And uh, yeah. Ooh, okay. We have Travis from Ohio calling back in. Miss you, Travis. What do you got for us this week? Hey, Matt. What's up, buddy? Travis from Ohio. Hey, brother. I miss you but didn't have crap to call in about and it was summer brother i was one on life i was good for you you know hey what are these guys doing <laughs> well i should be out doing stuff so i'm not saying that you're doing that because you are keeping me updated you're the boss hoss in charge <laughs> anyway wanted to point out a disturbing trend Two weeks ago, we lost Mekhi Becton. Not good. He was our first-round draft pick three years ago, right? Correct. Two weeks ago, yeah, a week ago, we lose Zach. He was our first-round pick two years ago. So that disturbing trend means all knee injuries also. That disturbing trend means that we're going to lose Sauce, Garrett Wilson and Jermaine Johnson this I week hate how you're thinking right now. Injuries because that is a disturbing um, trend developing 
all of our first-round picks done knee injuries in order. So um, I just want to speak that into the universe so I, it doesn't happen. Okay, I hope that's the case, what you're trying to and do here, buddy. also, it is a ginormous punt to our manscaped shameless plug. Thank you. Balls. Jets 20, promo code. That, of course, we got to lose our left tackle of the future and quarterback of the future. So, anyway, um, that was my comment. My question is, what is the infamous, legendary, O'Leary cartwheel of joy <laughs> going to be promised for this year? What would it have to take for the Jets? as a team to do, or as a player, coach, personnel, whatever. Anyway, you know I love you, and Mrs. Wilson, keep up the good work. Hope uh, the future father-in-law loves Rucker and Wilson. Oh, yeah. Former Ohio State brother. (laughs) That's right. Love you. Bye. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, oh, believe me, we give him a hard time. What a memory on Travis for remembering that uh, my girlfriend's dad is a Michigan fan. Uh, the Wouldn't expect anything less from the GOAT. Um, the cartwheel trend. Okay. So I'm trying to think of a number. How about... If the Jets have an 1,000-yard receiver, I will do a cartwheel because the Jets haven't had an 1,000-yard receiver since 2015. I'm high on Elijah Moore. I'm high on Garrett Wilson. Let's go. If one of those guys, because pro- let's be honest, it'll probably be one of those two guys unless Corey Davis just has some weird year or if Tyler Conklin turns into Rob Gronkowski in his prime, which I love Tyler Conklin. I just don't, I don't buy that, but uh, let's do that. If the Jets have an 1,000-yard receiver, we get a cartwheel of joy. On, on tape. Love it. Thank you, Travis, as always. Uh, next one. We're going out to Pennsylvania. All right, let's do it. Dwayne Brown in the offensive line. Hey, man. Right from Pennsylvania. Haven't called in a while, man. Hope all we go. Everything's going good. I uh, called in because uh, I was wondering what do you think get of, of this uh, whole, whole line setup? I'm completely happy with Brown being in the building. Um, people are talking about you know, age 37, but even if he was a shade under of a Pro Bowl, he was still a Pro Bowl in the sense of performance from last year. Yep. I'll take it. Um, and I also think the two years helps us figure out what we're going to do next after this happened with Mackay for another season. I just wanted to get you feel off of that, you know, especially now that fan contract going to be up. You know, you tend to start thinking a little bit more out further out. I know the season's coming in. I'm chopping at the bits just to get in there, man, but I just wanted to get your take on that. Anyways, take care, man. Go Jets. Yeah, I think that's a good point with the two-year contract. It gives you a little bit more flexibility, right? If you want to keep him around for next year, you can. If you want to get out of it, it's not going to cost you a whole lot to do that either. You're you're fine there. Um, I think for me personally, um, with Brown, I, I think he's going to be solid. I think he's going to be steady. I would like to keep George Fant around. Um, I, I thought he was really good last year. And maybe you have to figure out either in free agency or the NFL draft, the other side. Um, 
we'll see. It's too early for me to start looking at oh free agency, you know, and this and that. Um, in the draft, I don't want to look at that yet. I'm like, I'm like you, Rez. I'm, I'm I want to get to the, the season and enjoy the season, but that's definitely something that they're going to have to look for because they have to. They're going to have to look to replace uh, an offensive tackle and maybe even a center. Um, so I, I'm confident that Dwayne Brown's going to be fine. I am also confident that um, the offensive line as a whole is going to be fine. I think they're going to be. It's going to be good. A top half of the league offensive line. Peter calling in from Hudson Valley has some concern about the Jets injuries. Okay, let's do it. Hey, Matt. It's Peter from up in the beautiful Hudson Valley of New York calling in again with some concerns over recent injuries with the Jets. Hit me. Uh, I want to see your level of concern, whether it be mild, medium, or major, when it comes to both Zach Wilson and, of course, Mekhi Beckton. Because both obviously having knee injuries of late. We're hoping obviously that Becton comes back nice and clean and well next year. Hope so. And that Zach Wilson you know, has just about a full season under his belt this year. But I have to say on both, I'm probably in the, the medium area when my concern on both because we want to see that these guys have long, healthy careers. So I want to gauge you as to where your level of concern is for those guys long term. And also, uh, I just want to give you my story as to how I became a Jets fan Ooh. from back in the day because I've been a Jets fan for 40-plus years now. It's kind of ironic that the first two seasons that I watched the Jets were 81 and 82, which were back-to-back winning seasons for the first time in over a decade prior. Uh, when they went to the playoffs in 81, wild card against the Bills, and then they went all the way to the championship in 82 and lost in the mud ball to that Dan Shula not covering the field the night before made a a star out of A.J. Dewey, which I really hated back then. I really hated it. Um, so I figured I'd share that. And uh, unfortunately, most seasons since then have been of the losing variety. But we're looking for good things ahead this year and next year and looking forward. So let me know. And as always, go Jets. Love it. Yeah, I love hearing all these stories. I like that it's becoming a little bit of a thing that people are calling in with their stories. Uh don't stop. Please continue to call in and share your stories. I, I think it's a, it's a fun thing. Um, the injury concerns, look, Becton going down, I don't know how you could possibly have him in a starting role next year or go into the year with him as penciled in as a starter. After missing two full years, you can't. That's why I think you're going to be looking for tackles. Zach, happy that it's a minor injury. Hopefully he comes back, plays, as you said, 16 games, somewhere around there. Uh, maybe it's 15. Maybe it ends up being 17 if things go really, really right. I think that's probably a stretch. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think that uh, for me, the biggest thing here is uh, just getting these guys back on the field as soon as possible. Again, with Becton, that just really, really blows, man. But Zach, I think, is going to play enough. So we'll, we'll know the answer with Zach Wilson by year's end, which is obviously the the ultimate thing. Will from Dallas is next. He wants to talk about Michael Clemens after having a good week. All right, let's do it, dude. Hey, Matt. Will calling from Dallas. Um, I uh, I don't even know if this is going to lead to a question. I just wanted to talk about Michael Clemens. Um, he looked good in his, his debut. Um, it was hard to watch because my heart was in my stomach with the Zach Wilson stuff that happened. The same. So um, that's really all I was thinking about. But... Uh, Especially after watching his highlights, I mean that dude is that dude looks like he could be something. Obviously he's a project, but 
I mean, I don't know. But I was watching his press conference. Oh, he's nuts. Um, In the best way. Sala was saying that he had kind of started getting the name Debo. And I don't know if you've seen Friday. Hopefully you have, and hopefully most of the people listening have. But I watched that press conference. I was like, holy... Sorry, I'm not going to cuss on your show. (laughs) Holy whatever. uh, Yeah. That is Debo. Like, that's a big, scary dude. Just answers real short answers. Just looks angry. And that might be the biggest, buffest human being I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, he's just, not, he's just not someone I'd ever want to mess with. No. Um, no. I don't know. I wasn't really uh, excited, I guess the right word is, for Michael Clemens. I was like, oh, it's whatever. It's a depth pick, all that stuff. But he looks pretty good, and uh, he's honestly one of the people I would never want to actually meet in real life. Nope, he scares never me. Won, like, if the Jets came to Dallas and they were playing, they were doing this autograph signing and Michael Clemens was there, I would stay as far away from that as possible. He just seems mentally unstable and in the best way, in a way that you would want someone on your football team to be. But, uh, yeah, I guess my, my question for that is, what do you think of Michael Clemens? I know you weren't super high on him, and he's got a little bit of off-the-field issues, but um, I don't know. Watching him, and I know it was against twos and threes, he looked really good, and he's a terrifying human being. So, yeah, let me know your thoughts, and as always, go Jets. He is. He's an extremely terrifying guy, and thank you, Will, for calling in. Um, didn't like the pick because uh, I thought it was a position that the Jets already attacked. He, older prospect off the field. His birthday today, um, he turned 20, or yesterday, he turned 25. He was an older guy, um, which the, it, it gave me very much so Mike McCagnan vibes. Uh, and then I thought he was getting a little overhyped from Jet fans. He had a, a great first game, could not have asked for a better one. And then when he, he was asked if he was satisfied with his performance, he was like, no. No, what could I have done better? Everything. Okay. <laughs> All right. And, and he's a very intimidating force. He he play his motor is insane. Um, I, I think you can't, I'll say this, you can't control who you are playing against, but I would, at the same time, I'd like to see him against um, some more ones and uh, really get him in there. So um, speaking of which, thank you, Will. Jeff calls in next and he wants to get, my thoughts on none other than Michael Clemens and what I have to say about the critics who are saying, well, he, he's only really played against uh, against uh, lower composition. Did I say Jeff? I mean, this is James from Jersey, I think. No? Or is it Jeff? Matt O'Leary, it's been a long time. Jeff Chaos here. here. Hey, oh, I, uh, come on. <laughs> Jets Chaos here. Jeff. So peek behind the curtain, and I'm going to give him a hard time right now. Uh, I've been having my good buddy Tyler Brandt follow him on Twitter at the Tyler Brandt. Uh, I've been having him go through the voicemails uh, for me, and he gives me what the name and thoughts on each person. He wrote Jeff, and last time he wrote Jeff, it was really James in Jersey. So I thought that's where we were going. But this is Jets chaos. This is Jeremy out in California. We got to let him know, Jeremy or Jets chaos. Let's start it again. I'm sorry. Apologies. Matt O'Leary, it's been a long time. Jeff Chaos here. here hey, I, uh, I'm very concerned. I see that there's a lot of hot, sunny weather there on the East Coast. And I want to make sure that you're wearing um, very good sun lotion protection. You know, SPF, I know 30 used to be considered strong. 
Mm-mm. Dude, I think you should go 50, okay? I don't want you to burn. I don't want you to get any skin cancer or anything like that. So make Thank sure you. you use SPF 50. And um, I want to ask you, look, every time I get excited about Michael Clemens, I get this annoying pushback that his seven pressures and everything came against fours and fives. I mean, according to these people, there's like, other rosters of 150 people and the 75 people that were on the field for the Eagles that game were guys who worked for Home Depot. Can you tell me how you respond to that when someone tries to take away from the good work that our players are doing, um, like Michael Clemens, and when they sit there and say it's only against backups and try to discredit him? And uh, have a great weekend. Jeremy, a.k.a. Jets Chaos, coming in. With the quality voicemail, as always. Um, by the way, so if you don't know, uh, you should be subbed up to Jets Chaos if you're not. Um, we had an old gimmick running joke where we talked about if I was hydrating, which I, I am. I'm drinking my, I'm drinking my water. And uh, if I was sunblocking it up. When I was in Chicago, <laughs> it's embarrassing. Um, but shocking, with the last name O'Leary, I am very, very Irish. I am very, very pale. Like, I can't. I can't do anything about it. I can't control it. I don't tan. I get burned really bad. So when I was in Chicago, I actually used SPF 100. Yes, they make SPF 100, but uh, that's what I was using. So I wasn't going to get burned when I was out in the sun at a country music and barbecue festival all day. Um, And then for the Michael Clemens, uh, my rebuttal or what I think you should do is say he can't control who he's playing against and you have to win your job or do your job against whoever's in front of you. And he did that and you can't discredit that. So that would be my rebuttal there. Jets, chaos, Jeremy, Jeff. (laughs) What a wild ride that was. I'm going to give Tyler such a hard time. Next up, we got John in Connecticut. We're going to talk about Joe Flacco. All right, let's do it. Hey, Matt. This is John from Connecticut. Love the content. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to talk about the video you made the other day in regards to Flacco and, and Zach. And before I make my point, I just want to preface by saying I'm praying that Zach recovers for week one. I'm going to be there, and I want to see Zach play. I don't want to see Joe. So um, just wanted to get that out there before I make my point. Um, I just wanted to get into the hypothetical of, Joe going out there and winning three straight games to start the season. Um, I know you said it doesn't really matter what Flacco does. We have to uh, turn the tables over to Zach. And obviously it's true that we need to find out if Zach's the answer. But, you know, I think the same precedent goes for the other young guys on this offense as well. I mean, if we start the season 3-0, and it probably means that our young weapons are flourishing in the offense and flourishing with the current quarterback that we have under center. Um, and that holds just as much weight to me. So in the case of this hypothetical, I'm just, I just don't think I'm willing to move away from three wins against quality AFC North opponents at the expense of going with Zach and starting that engine all over again. Um, I understand that this might be a, a hot take, but I, I just inherently disagree with, you know, the notion of always giving the, the guy the leg up that you invest more in. I think we see that time and time again in the NFL. Um, you know, 2020, I thought the Dolphins prematurely took the keys away from Fitz for Tua. Um, that was a good team. Um, I think that set them back. I'm, um, you know, Jerry Jones is another example of on the record saying that, 
you know, regardless of production, we're kind of going to pay the play the guys that we pay. Um, I think that's why Zeke continues to get more touches than Pollard. So at a certain point, I just think it's a disservice to the other 52 guys on the roster. And I think it would be very fair for the Jets locker room to be pretty pissed if they're 3-0 and and you take the keys away from Joe. So, again, I'm not trying to make it seem like I'm – I like, I really want Zach to be the guy. I really hope he's there week one. But I'm just curious as to, you know, what kind of message you think it would send to the locker room after a 3-0 and start and essentially saying to the team, like, you know what, screw the fact we're rolling and things are clicking. We need to know what we have here for now and beyond. So let me know what you think. Um, love the content. Um, go Jets. Uh, thanks. Yeah, I listen, I, I don't agree with that, obviously, but I respect your opinion and I see where you're coming from on this, John. I, I, I get what you're trying to say here. Um, what this really comes down to for me is a couple of things. With like you, you one, you said you said yourself early on that you, you hope that Zach's ready for week one because you don't want to have you don't want to see Joe Flacco um, in that 2020 season. They were talking about everyone talks about the Ryan Fitzpatrick and how much better that Dolphins team. The Ryan Fitzpatrick was four and three as a starter that year, while Tua was six and three. The he had a better record as a starter. He was six and three that year in games that in the Dolphins were six and three in games that Tua started that year. So I don't know if we could really blame Tua on that one. Um, and like I think the message that it would send to the team was that. Zach is our guy. This is our guy. We appreciate Joe for coming in and helping out when our team was in a need. And we always have, you know, a, a role. Like we have 53 guys on this team and each one has a role. And when your number's called, you got to come, you got to show out. But this is, this is Zach's team. He was a team captain last year for a reason. Zach Wilson was a team captain last year for a reason. And at this point in his career, Joe Flacco knows the drill. He's not going to get a starting job again. He's going to play, play a backup. He's going to come in. He's fine as a spot starter. But if you start 3-0, then, okay, that that's great. But in the AFC, with it as stacked as the AFC is, what are, the Jets are going to have to win 10, 11 games to make the playoffs probably. Even if you start 3-0, what is the chance that Joe Flacco is going to be able to sustain that over a full season? And then let's say, I don't know, you end up – you try to give it a run and then you get to the midway point and then you, well you start to 3 and 0 and now you're i don't know 6 and 8 and it's like well damn now what or you're 6 and 6 and now you're going to get what five starts of Zach Wilson it's like well shit now you only have 18 starts to look out through two years going into year 3 with Zach and like another good example is in 2004, the Giants started with uh, Kurt Warner at quarterback and they were five and four. And then they ended up switching over to Eli Manning as a rookie and Eli struggled. I think they won one game down the stretch and they had an outside shot at the playoffs at five and four, but not a great shot. But that was that was the right decision for that team because you had to know you had to know what you're getting out of Zach Wilson. It would be or out of uh, Eli, but it would be absolutely criminal if the Jets are coming out of 2021 or 2022, excuse me, and you're still going, ah, I don't know about Zach going forward. Don't know. 
didn't seem enough. It, it would be it would be a disservice. It, it really would. You say thank you, Joe, for coming in. Thank you for playing well. I appreciate it. This is Zach's team. And guess what? If Zach, re- if it really gets to the point, right, where Joe plays well, Zach comes in, stinks, like bottoms out, bottom, bottom, bottoms out stinks, right? And you're still hanging around. You want to go back to Joe? Maybe that's a different conversation, even though that's one probably that I don't want to have. But you have to give Zach Wilson the opportunity this year. He's a number two overall pick. This isn't like a... You know, a scenario where it was, it was just some guy that, you know, you found off the street here. No, this is Joe Flacco is not the future of this team. They know that he knows that it's the team should know that last one. We're going Sawyer in Louisiana. Close us out on a hot streak. Hey, man, this is Sawyer from Louisiana again. What's up, dude? And I have a question. I, I just want to say, is it weird that I'm oddly content with Flacco possibly starting year one? Week one, my bad. Because with Flacco, I, I mean, he's a game manager for the most part, but you know what you're going to get. He's not some crazy interception drone guy, if you, if you know what I mean. But Zach Wilson, I, I like him a lot. I think he's a lot of potential. And with this roster, it can really elevate him. But I'm just a little nervous about him. I, we don't really know what he's, we're going to get week one, especially against a Ravens defense that's looking pretty good. I'm oddly satisfied that eh, I'm not worried that Joe Flacco is going to be starting. I don't know if that's weird or not, but yeah, good job. No, I I get where you're coming from on that. And again, it's like a one spot versus the entirety of a season uh, with, with Joe one, he knows the Falcon at uh, the Falcons. He, he knows uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Well, he really does. Uh, obviously I know that, it's been a few years and that obviously the defensive coordinators changed, but he knows the inner workings there and he could still play. He played well against Miami last year. It's not the long-term answer here, but if you, if you need, if he can win a game, you would think that Baltimore at home, a ton of time to prepare, catch him by surprise. I don't think that's super crazy Sawyer. If you come and say, I think that Joe Flacco is, the, the solution and they continue to ride him out and maybe give him a contract extension to be the starting quarterback here and try to run it back. Like it's 2012. Like I've seen in some of the comment sections and saying, gotta, gotta run it with Joe because he was a Super Bowl MVP a decade ago. That's a little different. He hasn't been a full-time starter since 2017. It's been five years now. He's a good backup. He's I'm comfortable with him coming in and starting a game or two for this team. And that's about it. But Sawyer, I agree with you that I think, I'm not super concerned with him against the Ravens. I think he'll be fine. So that's it on this episode of Just Jets. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. Hopefully see you at the game later. I'm Matt O'Leary. I'll talk to you next time.